The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. And now, on with the show. Yes, yes, y'all! From the brand new Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show that's enunciating its synonym or uh, consonants, <laughs> particularly. Um, <laughs> he almost got through that. I don't, I don't know. Let's, Max, let's restart the show. Nope. Okay. In three. <laughs> no, 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 no. My name is Greg Tupper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Line Magazine, TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at TexasFootball.com or on Facebook or you're listening to us in the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there, celebrating his 122nd birthday today. Is F. Scott Fitzgerald. Hey. Happy birthday, F. Scott Fitzgerald. I have two books of his, Gatsby and F. Scott, F. Scott Fitzgerald on booze. Oh. Great uh, did you ever read Tender is the Night? I did not. I liked it. You would. I did. It's very good. <laughs> and sitting to my right, the 200-yard passing day to my Dak Prescott, our West African <laughs> prince, Ishmael Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> Dialed that one up special. Ooh, Ooh, up. Feisty today. Today is Monday. September, don't come at me, guys. <laughs> so today is Monday, September 24th, 2018. 59 days until the best day of the year. Episode 627-627. Chad Allen's OPS in his illustrious Texas Rangers career. 41 games from 04 to 05. That is a Duncanville grad and a good old Texas Aggie. On today's show, guys, we're going an hour. We're doing it live. F it, we're doing it live. On today's show, we're going to... Overreact to the football weekend and Monday morning fallout. Then, 12.15-ish, 12.20-ish, talk to the head coach of the unbeaten, unblemished Arlington Colts. Coach Scott Peach will join us. We'll talk to Coach Peach about his Colts and his outstanding quarterback, Jahari Rogers. Then we'll announce the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees and the Army Value School of the Week winners. And then, finally, we'll be joined by Shehan Jayaraja to rank the 12 FBS teams in the state. We call it the College Football Power Poll. How's that? Pot right? Good? Sure. Well, let's wheel them around. Sure. What if I disagree? Uh, sure. I mean, you can. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Can. I mean, like, why, sure. Why wouldn't you? It's this show. Yeah. Uh, Embrace debate. We had... We... <laughs> we... We had big rain this week. A lot of rain. A lot Ooh. of rain. Uh, apparently, they set a... Um, DFW Airport set a record... For most rain in a 24-hour period, like seven inches of rain. God. I was driving home from the, um, I was driving home from the Fox Studios on Friday oh, night. Oh, dude, yeah. It was like I walked my dogs at one in the morning, and of course I'm like right down the road from the Fox Studios, and I'm like, poor Greg has to drive in this. It is a, yeah. it was, it was, th- that is the hardest I've ever seen it rain. Jesus, it was a, an absolute downpour, and so of course. Um, uh, I, so I've drowned a car before. Right. I may have told the story on the show before, <laughs> but I've drowned a car before. So now I'm like very like you're not supposed to do that. Nervous about that? Yeah, it's not fun. Don't do not recommend. I pulled a Michael Scott where I followed the GPS into the lake. Oh no! Um, but it's um, yeah, we had big big rain, and because of that, I feel like I never woke up this weekend. You know, a little bit like gray weather always makes you like sleepy, which yeah. is great. Like I just sat around and watched football all weekend, right? But like I don't know. It was. It was. I. I feel like I never woke up this weekend. It kind was of similar. Hard. Yeah. Um, so big rain. Uh, go away. We're we're done with it. We got to be done. Right. <laughs> sure. Got to be done. We got to be done. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Max? Yes. Air Raid Siren. Time for Monday Morning Fallout. Monday Morning Fallout, of course. When we overreact to the football weekend... Per use, a lot to overreact to. Per use, I don't have time to say the rest of that word. So. <laughs> sure. Per use, uh, let's get to my three big thoughts. 
Thought number one, Brave New World. I feel like maybe I'm overreacting, but that's what this whole segment's about. That's the point, man. Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe a lot of things changed this weekend. And one of the things was what happened in the Manville Four-Pin Marshall game. Four-Pin Marshall has been a team that we think has been state championship caliber for about three years or so. Mm -hmm. And the last two years, they have um, gotten bodied by Manville. To say the least, yeah. Gotten drilled. A good reality check. Yes. (laughs) And it feels like mentally they never recovered from that the last two years. Well, this year, Marshall comes away with the 52-51 win. Um, we'll get to this in a moment, but it was a big week for coaches doing the right thing and going for two in overtime. Yeah. Oh, yep. Big, big week for big week for heroes. <laughs> big week for courage is what it was. And, um, and so that feels like we've got a brave new world. The other thing, um, <clears throat> I'm not sure if you guys have checked out uh, texasfootball.com slash ranking. Oh, oh so, man. So, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we have uh, our new Dave Campbell's Texas Football High School Football Rankings. Tell me about this. Um, so we rank the best teams in each classification mm-hmm. at, the, at this site. And um, if you were to go there and you were to check out the uh, the 4A Division Two rankings, 4A Division Two, you will see just uh, – you'll just see like a, a – a, um, like a pile of, I'm going to say, soiled rags on fire. Right. That's what you're going to see there. Because 4A Division Two is out of control. I love it. The number one team in 4A Division Two, you guessed it, the Sweeney Bulldogs. <laughs> the number two team in 4A Division Two, yep, just like you guessed, the Jasper Bulldogs. <laughs> West Orange Stark is now 1-3 after losing to Crosby. Now, I don't think it's time to panic about that. Pleasant Grove, who was kind of the team that we had thought, okay, everything else is going to, everything else is going to go crazy, but then here's this pl- the defending right. champs line, rising to the top. Well, they just lost to Gladewater. Yeah. Okay. Um, Gilmer's 2-2 two and two after getting their doors blown off by Carthage. And, by the way, they get Newton this week. So two and three is a very So it gets really easy is what you're saying. <laughs> what I'm saying is that there are portions of the state where things are kind of going according to plan, and then there's portions of the state where I feel like things have totally shifted and we may be entering uncharted territory. Mm-hmm. That's thought number one. Thought number two is two games a new normal. And that is the question I have for both Texas and Texas Tech. You could make an argument that the last two weeks... I don't, actually, I don't think it's an argument. I think it's a fact that the last two weeks have been the best two weeks of the Tom Herman era. Hmm? Right? No doubt about it. They beat, they, they beat uh, USC. Uh, USC at home, and then they beat TCU at home. Both. Both ranked. Con- controlled the game. Yes. Like, they weren't, it wasn't yeah. in doubt. The trend line for those two, like, like the, if you take, what's so funny, if you take away that loss to Maryland, if hmm. you just, just flip the score, right. like, make it like a narrow Texas win instead of a narrow Texas loss. Right. Like, this team is probably in the top 12? Yeah. I mean, that's what's so funny about this. Right now, the trend line is going in such a positive way. The same thing goes with Texas Tech. That's the best win of the Cliff Kingsbury era. I think that to go up to Stillwater, which has been a house of horrors for them, and to really dominate Oklahoma State. Both sides. On both sides of the ball was really impressive. Really impressed. You know, it wasn't this like, it wasn't like last week where they beat Houston basically by outgunning them. Mm-hmm. This was they played a complete game. Yep. Maybe, arguably, for the first time under Cliff Kingsbury. The question is: Is that the new normal, or are these just two week flashes where they look great and then we're coming back to normal? Both get big tests this week. I was about to say, yeah. Uh, Texas takes on Kansas State. Kansas State. On they the go road. another. You want to talk about a house of horrors? I think they've beaten them one time ever mm-hmm. in Manhattan. Also, you want to talk about, you know, we'll talk about it later in the week when we preview the game, but if you want to talk about a team that's willing to also get grimy, oh, yeah. Kansas State. It's like, Kansas oh, cool. State. You want to play, you want to slow the game down? Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> now, that's not a game that, that I don't think Kansas State's very good, right? But it has never mattered against Texas. <laughs> it's never mattered, ever. And then Tech gets West Virginia. Yeah. 
West by God, Virginia. And, and we'll find out real quick. But I, I wonder if two games are the new normal. And finally, third big thought, districts decided. I don't want to be the guy who says, oh, there's no need to play out the rest of the string. But you're going to. But mm-hmm. I'm going to. District 13-6A is done. Austin Vandergriff won it. They've now beaten Cedar Ridge, and they've beaten um, Hendrickson in, in back-to-back weeks. I think, they've, I think they've won that district. I don't really think that that's a real hot opinion. Drew Sanders isn't going to like you saying that. I know he won't, but I'm going to say it. It's my, it's my job to be an idiot. All right. So here I am, being an idiot. I think that district's over. Um, well, I think the I think Fort Penn Marshall won their district by beating Manville. I think that's I think that's a way to to, to, to think about it. Coach Williams is not going to like you. No, he that. won't. He won't, and that's fine. But we are now four weeks in, and I feel like we have a good way of doing it. The other one, Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial, great win over Flower Bluff, fantastic win. They just won that district, and by the way, we laid it out on Teppin Step, uh, the Premium High School Football Podcast, available to insiders. That now, Corpus Christi, 5A Division One Region 4 is weirdo. It's a weird region that's wide open. Veterans Memorial's path through the playoffs just got significantly easier. Yes, there are still district games to play. And there's a lot of craziness that can go on. And does go on. But right now, I can't help but feel like three teams won their district this weekend. Coach Simper isn't going to like you saying that. I know he won't. Those are my three big thoughts. <laughs> Three helmet stickers. A helmet sticker to Motley County running back Kyler Deegan. This kid, this is six-man ball. Doesn't matter. 410 yards and eight touchdowns on the ground. He caught three passes for 42 yards and a score in their 101-78 to win over Kroll. Congratulations to Kyler Deegan. Come get your helmet sticker. A helmet sticker to SMU coach Sonny Dykes. I know you don't wear a helmet sticker. Put it on your, your cap. 100%, 100% the right move to go for it in overtime against Navy. I don't care if they had gotten sacked for a loss. Yeah. I don't care if Ben Hicks had thrown the ball directly to a Navy player and he had returned it for a, a, a touchdown and then had gone and hit the self-destruct button at SMU. I don't care. Right. That's the right move. It was you had, You're winless. You've got a team that's probably, honestly, better than you on the ropes. You got one play to beat them, you come out with it. I thought, by the way, and I tweeted about it, I thought that, that they were going to call that back for a legal procedure yeah. or a legal formation, yep. but they did not. And SMU gets a huge, huge win, and Sunny Dykes gets a helmet sticker for having the guts to go for two. And finally, we have some video for this? We do have some video for this. A helmet sticker for Arlington Bowie coach Danny Diarmid. We talked about big rain. There was some flooding in some areas around DFW, and a video started going viral of a guy helping a woman out of his car and or out of her car and, and just kind of carrying her through the floodwaters. It turns out it's Bowie Coach Danny the Arvin <laughs> just carrying this woman. It's pretty amazing. That's awesome. That is awesome. A helmet sticker to that man. Uh, Danny Diarvin gets a helmet sticker. I know, again, he doesn't wear a helmet, but uh, put it on your headset, Coach. Sure. He gets a helmet go. sticker. Three teams to watch. Seymour. Seymour is undefeated after, get this, a 6 nothing overtime win over Winthorst. Yes. 6 to nothing. And this was a Winthorst team that scored a lot of points. But, uh, yeah, this was, a, this was a bizarre one. But uh, they held Winthorst to 188 total yards. Pretty darn good. Watch out for Seymour. They're unbeaten, and the Panthers are rolling right now. Uh, Prairie View A&M. Prairie View A&M. Uh, I know that people will probably go back to those games they played against FC, FBS teams. Uh, they lost to Rice. Um, they got beat by uh, Sam Houston. But they beat Arkansas Pine Bluff, Pine Bluff 62-13 to this week. Jalen Morton went nutso. 256 yards and two touchdowns passing. 255 yards on four touchdowns on the ground on eight carries. <laughs> Jalen Morton went nuts. Watch out for, watch out for the Panthers previewing them. And Canyon. Canyon is undefeated as well. And they are looking very, very strong. The Eagles off to a fantastic start thanks to a big, big time offense. Uh, they beat Amarillo Caprock 36 26 on the road. Canyon looking very good right now. Keep an eye on the Eagles. Three teams to worry about. 
worried about Mansfield legacy. There's obvious reasons for this. Um, we we started worrying about them when Jalen Catalan went down in week one, mm-hmm. and we knew that like okay, what's this team going to look like down the road? Um, it, we're starting. To, I think we're starting to see it falter a little bit. They're they're starting to miss that guy. They lose to Lancaster this week, and now they're one and three. And legacy starts is kind of floundering right now. Sam Houston State. Did you see this? Mm-hmm. Nichols lost to Nichols. State. Lost to Nichols State for the first time since '05. I think it was. Yeah. That's not a good loss for for Sam Houston State, and they're one and th- one and two now. They got Central Arkansas coming Central up. Central Arkansas not things aren't going going back to what you were saying earlier. Prairie View A and M played them close. Yes, a they weeks did. Ago, so. Yeah, they gave them uh, they gave them a run. So uh, a little worried about them. And then <sighs> more about Dillion. Yeah, I feel like this was a game. This was an instance where one game beat them twice. Uh, they go after losing to Dublin last week. Uh, we had Dublin's coach on last week. Um, they go to Comanche and they get beat thirty six nothing. And by the way, this week your prize you play Stanford, Stanford. yeah, on luck. the road again. Yeah. And I know again these are all non district games, so it's nothing to worry about. But that district is suddenly getting better. Crawford is always dangerous. Uh, I think I think San Saba by the way is still undefeated. Heiko Heiko, it's a tough district. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm just a little bit worried about the Bearcats. Uh, if they go to Stanford and get a win, then then all's kind of all's forgiven. But right now, I'm a little bit worried. They're kind of staring two and three in the face. That is Monday morning fallout. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across Lone Star State. I want to invite you to check out TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. That's where you can... That's our subscription package, nineteen ninety five for an entire year. You get two magazines. You get the two thousand and nineteen or two thousand eighteen rather recruiting edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Profile. More than four hundred prospects around the state from the class of twenty nineteen, which are kids who are about to graduate in May, I guess June. They're they're seniors this year. Down to the class of twenty twenty one. Is that right? Twenty twenty two, I think. I think we have twenty twenty two kids in this class in this mm. book. Good lord, jeez. You get that. You also get pre-order for the 2019 summer edition. I know. <laughs> They're too young. Pre-order, uh, pre-order for the 2019 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, the Bible of Texas Football, the 400-page magazine uh, previews every team in the state. It's the 2009, or 2019 season preview. You get that. You also get a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com, including computer projections of every Texas high school football game, computer rankings of every Texas high school football team, a full season of Tep and Step, uh, uh, Matt Step and I's high school football insider podcast, which, by the way, we're recording tomorrow. Uh, as well as, um, yeah, all sorts of other good stuff. Recruiting analysis from our friends at Next Level Athlete and our analyst, Greg Powers. All that for the low, low price of nineteen ninety five for an entire year. Nineteen ninety five for an entire year. Makes a great gift as well. It's TexasFootball.com. Max, let's go to the Dairy Max Built by Nature hotline and bring in the head coach of the unbeaten, unblemished 3-0 Arlington Colts. We are joined by Coach Scott Peach. Coach, how are you? Greg, I'm great, man. How are things in beautiful Arlington, Texas? Things are awesome in Arlington. We are three and zero in non-district, and we get to start district this week with Trimble Tech, and we get to do it for homecoming and our first home game for the year. So we're excited. Yeah, you know that's an odd thing. You kind of your your, your first real home game of the year. You've been you've been road warriors uh, so far this year. What do you think it's going to be like coming home and, and finally playing a game at home? Well, we don't love to travel at Arlington High School. <laughs> But we love to come to the home games, and so the fact that w- this will be our first pep rally this week, uh, the fact that it's homecoming with all our alumni, which we have one of the best in the state of Texas, and with the fact that that nobody's wanting to travel an hour and 15 minutes to come watch us play, I think it's <laughs> going to be an awesome environment. And the other nice thing is that the weather's going to be beautiful. It's supposed to be about 80 degrees for the high, and so I'm expecting a big crowd. Well, it's about time we get some good weather around here. Um, <laughs> well, we haven't made it through Friday night yet. I've sat through a few <laughs> rain delays the last several weeks. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, Coach, you uh, you guys come away last week with a really impressive 44-34 uh, to win over, over a good Mesquite Horn team uh, that it's coming off of the heels of, of good wins over uh, Jesuit and, and Byron Nelson. You know, you guys have played some, some tough teams. What do you think you've learned about your team through your non-district schedule? 
Well, the first thing is we are very resilient. Um, we were down in two of the three games at halftime, and the only game we're ahead of, we scored on the last play of the half against Jesuit to go up 24 to 22. Uh, but we have really closed second quarters really well. We've come out and played great football in the early in the third, and then we've been good finishers. Uh, we played great football in the fourth quarter, and all three wins, uh, the games could have gone either direction. So I attribute that to some maturity. Um, I attribute it to really good experience on our football team and then a lot of resiliency of just wanting to win and knowing we can. You know, Coach, you, you, you mentioned kind of the the experience that you guys have, and yet a, a lot of the guys who have stepped up for you, especially on the offensive side, uh, have, have been underclassmen. Your, your quarterback, Jahari Rogers, uh, just a junior. B.J. Rogers, the, the running back, is a sophomore. Uh, was there a concern in the offseason or, or coming into the season about some of the youth you had uh, offensively, or did, did you know you had uh, a few playmakers up your sleeve? Well, first thing, DeMonte Davis at quarterback last year and Kendall McCray at tailback mm-hmm. uh, were as explosive as it was in the area. Mm-hmm. So losing those two uh, to graduation for sure was a concern. We also lost our entire offensive line. So all six kids, 5-0 linemen and the tight end right now, and then the quarterback and tailback, uh, none of those kids had played a varsity football game other than the quarterback, and he was playing receiver last year. Uh, I don't think it was a concern, but it was going to be a situation where we had a lot of work to do. Um, we're throwing the ball really effectively right now. The biggest deal is where it's showing up right now is our running game, just as far as our inexperience. Uh, but we're getting better every week, and, and if we want to be elite, uh, we're going to have to get to where we run the ball well, and we will get there. We're talking with Scott Peach, the head coach of the Arlington Colts here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation, hashtag TF Today. Coach, there's uh, there's a lot to like about your squad right now, but uh, it seems to me, uh, you know, uh, defensively for your team, uh, it seems like, you know, there, there are teams that are going to have better numbers maybe, but it seems like you guys have the knack for the big play at the big moment. Is that something you can teach, or is that just uh, some instinctive playmakers defensively that are, that are coming up big for you? I absolutely think you can teach it. I think the best thing we're doing right now is that we have made awesome halftime adjustments settling into the ball game. And if you go back and look at it, we only gave up three points against Jesuit in the second half. Uh, seven points to Nelson in the second half, and then Horn got 14 in the second half, but they're a really athletic football team. But we really settled into the ball game and, and played well closing the football game out. Then the next thing is we worked the route combination all week to put Kyron White closing in on the on the dig route mm-hmm. to steal it for the interception in the fourth quarter. And then same thing, we worked on undercutting the post route, and Tucker Thompson did that and went 77 yards for the interception return to win the game. And so that comes from coaching, and Coach Coates and the secondary, uh, Coach Dibble, our defensive coordinator, pride themselves on that. So when those plays happened, that was coaching. Um, as far as Tyra White, Tucker Thompson, guys like that, that's that maturity I talk about with senior football players in the big moments that make the key plays and, and change the game around. I'm glad you brought up Kyron White because this guy, um, a three-year starter defensively, um, you know, he's a captain. He's 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 one of the, the very few, maybe uh, maybe the very maybe the only three-year starter on your entire team. I know he's he's the only one on your defense. Uh, from him, obviously a fantastic playmaker, but just from his leadership ability, what is it about him that he brings to this team? Well, he's so many things. First of all, uh, he's a top 100 in his class out of uh, 650 students. Um, he has a an electric personality to where guys just kind of rally around him. Um, he loves the game of football. And so every day when he comes to practice, he, he takes it on to want to get better as a player. And then he's an amazing football player. Uh, he can tackle. He can run. Uh, he can steal the ball up in the air. Um, and so San Diego State has a prize with getting him uh, to play next year, but we're glad we have him right now. Uh, we're talking with Scott Peach of the Arlington Colts here on Texas Football. Today, get involved in the conversation. Hashtag TF Today. Coach, on the other side of the ball, um, quarterback Jahari Rogers has been a real revelation for you guys. I know we had him in studio on Fox Sports Southwest, and, and boy, I was, I mean, I know he's a great football player, but I was, I was sure impressed uh, with him as a young man as well. Uh, for, for folks who may not be familiar with your junior quarterback, what can you tell us about him? 
Well, first of all, I tell everybody he's the fastest kid at Arlington High School with 2,800 kids here. Mm-hmm. And that's exciting when he gets the ball in his hands every play. The thing that he's really developed well as is a pocket passer. Um, I think he's number three in the area right now in passing yards. And his ability to stand in the pocket, his ability to uh, see the defense well, and he just throws the ball beautifully um, has been exciting to watch. And that's the piece of his game we didn't know that we had in the spring that we know now that we do. And those two quarterbacks don't come around very often. But when you have one and you can keep them healthy, boy, it's a blessing for your football team. And then the last piece is, you know, everybody feeds off of Jahari. We knew we had a quarterback in the spring when all of our offense just kind of followed him. And as he was energized and excited, they did the same. And like you said, very intelligent kid, well-spoken, very likable. Um, and, and he makes us go right now on offense. Yeah, the offense is really humming right now, and, and things are looking very good for you guys. Um, you you now kind of enter district play, and, uh, you know, your district is, is – is a bit of a mixed bag here. On on one hand, you're gonna you know you're taking on you can't take anybody lightly, but you guys are taking on you know Trimble Tech and Pascal teams that are programs that are kind of still getting their feet underneath them. But you guys know you know full well down the line, Bowie, Martin, Lamar. I mean, uh, as as a coach, when you take a look at District Four Six A, what you're going into right now, uh, what are you seeing from your perspective? Well, the biggest thing is we had to focus on us, and I think that's going to be the preaching point for the next few weeks. There's a lot of things that we got to get better at as a football team. We've got to run the ball better. We've got to defend the run better. We got to continue to improve in our passing attack and, and secondary play. And so we're going to focus on that. The other thing I'm going to talk to him about this week is the wow factor. And it's the deal of if we want to be elite, want to make a deep run in the playoffs, you know, I want people to look at us, doesn't matter who we play and say, wow. And it's, it goes with our Griffin Kell as our kicker and punter right now. If you watch him play the game, you know, it's a wow factor because he's very impressive. And I want to do the same when they watch us on defense and watch us on offense. And so that it's not a matter of who's across from us. It's a deal of when people get ready to play Arlington High School, they can watch us on film or they can scout us live and say, wow, that football team has it. And that's the focus that we're going to take over the next several weeks. And the other deal is we need to be best playing our best football right now. You know, non-district was nice and we're 3-0. and But we've been playing the game six weeks now, and every game moving forward all the way through the playoffs counts. Uh, so, you know, making sure that the snapshot of who we thought we were going to be in the spring is what we ought to be getting right now going into October and November. Uh, Coach, you've, you've been at Arlington since 2002. Uh, obviously, your, your name resonates around around Arlington, uh, both both Scott Peach and the Peach name uh, writ large. Um, how have you seen this Colts program change uh, since you took over in 2002? Well, the biggest thing is it's, it's mine now. Um, and I say that because when you take over a program, there's a lot of things to it that doesn't really belong to you. But uh, if you look at my staff now, 43 coaches on my staff, I've hired every one of them, and I'm so thankful to my three principals who've allowed me to have that kind of uh, control here. Uh, but everybody that's here is because of me, and, and that makes it very comfortable because they're my people. They know the expectations that I have of how we approach kids every day at Arlington High, and that's been a blessing. The next deal is stability is key for the community. I think what every parent wants to know when they bring their kid up as a third grader or a seventh grader is what it's going to look like when my child gets to Arlington High. And that stability of me being here for 16 years, most of my staff being with me um, during that time, it's exciting for them because they know what they're getting. And I think that stability is important. Um, and at the same time, you know, we want a lot of great battles in this city. Um, and when you look at with Texas Live coming in and the new Rangers ballpark with a MAC facility for all six high schools with new junior high fields and lights going up, I've had a chance to be a part of a lot of those things to make our athletic culture better and make our city better. And that just draws people to want to come be a part of what, what's going on at Arlington. It's an exciting time in Arlington in Texas, and, and Coach, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you that. Um, I, I just pulled it up on Google Google Maps. It says that uh, from Arlington uh, High School to AT&T Stadium, it's a 10-minute drive. Um, have you get, It's a long way away. Still some work to be done. Have you thought about what kind of home field advantage you could have in a state championship game? 
Oh, there's no doubt. Sign me up. Yeah, and I think that's exciting, too, is the opportunity for our kids to maybe have a chance to play in a playoff game. Uh, our picture right now of our football team, we send out a poster every year, and it's got my top 20 players from last year on it um, for this year. And on it, it says Road to State, and it's all of our boys in front of AT&T Stadium. Uh, that's our ultimate goal. And our last goal on our vision board is number nine, and it says when the state championship so absolutely if we have an opportunity to do that uh that would be a dream come true for us well you guys are off to a fantastic start the 3-0 and arlington coach colts and their coach scott peach coach really appreciate your time congratulations again uh, on your hot start best of luck uh coming up uh for homecoming against trimble tech and down the road yeah and friday night if i win we'll have 100 victories so it's it's kind there of exciting go. time for us all right it's exciting go get it on friday night coach thanks greg there he goes scott peach the head coach the Arlington Colts. That was the first thing I thought of. I was like, man, if they play in a title game, like he could walk. <laughs> he could just walk over. It's still there. kind of a long walk. Yeah, it's three miles, but like a nice warm up. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? That's for sure. It's a nice warm up. Sure. Uh, he could walk. Players wouldn't. Right. Eh, you know. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure if they get to a title game, coach would be so excited he might float over. There. <laughs> so, anyway, we appreciate Coach Scott Peach hopping on with us. Uh, exciting to see them. Arlington uh, rising quickly. They're in our top twenty-five now, and. Um, you know, they're they're probably now, you know, Martin stumbled a bit. They're probably the favorite in, in that district. In District 4, 6A, it's, it's, I think it's there for the taking. Um, it's probably them or, um, you know, or Bowie. They're going to have that big matchup uh, on uh, on October 12th. Man, suddenly October 12th is becoming a big weekend. Um, but they are, look, I'll tell you, they're going to be no worse than a pick in each of their each of their final games. Mm-hmm. Like, they are going to have a shot at it. So. Yeah, and if you remember, this is kind of the position they were in about midway through the season last year. They've been building towards this. Both them and Bowie, really. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so this is pretty exciting. Yeah, and their quarterback, Jahari Rogers, is special. If you yeah. haven't seen him, he's putting up crazy numbers, too. So, we appreciate Coach Scott Peach hopping out with us. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Let me pull up my read, Max. <laughs> Do it. You listen to me producing on the fly. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, <laughs> along with Wells Fargo, and in conjunction with the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bulls, are proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas. Every Monday at noon, that's here and now, on TexasFootball.com, here. We'll announce the 10 candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. Voting closes at TexasFootball.com noon on Friday. We announce it here on this show right before Mailback Friday. So, the 10 nominees for the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award. Fort Bend Marshall running back Devin Ashane. Had to be. Um, Had to be. Um, this guy d- did it all. He put, him on the, he put on the cape against Manville. 210 yards and five touchdowns on the ground, and he returned two kickoffs for a touchdown. Uh, big reason. And, by the way, we didn't even include this on there, the game-winning two-point conversion. Which I believe was already set back by a false starter. Yeah, I think so. Procedure. I think they were going from the eighth. Yeah. So, crazy. Anyway, Fort Marshall running back Devin Shane up there for a Mr. Tix football player of the week. So, it's Bonham quarterback Tyler Rodriguez, the Purple Warrior signal caller, threw for 252 yards and seven touchdowns, added 81 yards and a score on the ground. Lavernia quarterback Clayton Chadwick, 263 yards and five touchdowns through the air and 150 yards and touchdown on the ground. A couple defensive players. How about South Oak Cliff defensive end Stephen Parker? Ten tackles, six sacks. Just a few. Seven tackles for loss and two forced fumbles. He ate. Lubbock Trinity Christian wide receiver Daniel Wheeler. Eight catches, 239 yards, and two touchdowns receiving. He forced a fumble and then picked it up and returned it for a touchdown. That's a pretty good day for Lubbock Trinity Christian wide receiver Daniel Wheeler up for Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week. As is West Sabine quarterback and defensive back Daleon Smith. 350 yards and three touchdowns on the ground, 50 yards and a touchdown passing, and added nine tackles for his troubles. Longview quarterback Haynes King, 354 yards and five touchdowns passing, and a touchdown receiving. Ah, Remix. Rio Hondo quarterback Josiah Ortega threw for 375 yards and t- six touchdowns through the air for the Bobcats. Andrews defensive end and linebacker Jacob Melch- or Metchler, rather, 20 tackles and four sacks. That's a day. Mm-hmm. And finally, you didn't send me this one, but David Smoke did. There you go. 
Rivercrest quarterback and linebacker Devin Womack. Oh, I'm just seeing this. Th- ran for 321 yards and five touchdowns. He threw for 45 yards. But then he also had 19 tackles and two <laughs> tackles for loss. That's insane. Either one of those will probably get you nominated. He's nominated for Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week. So those are your Week 4 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week award nominees. Fort Ben Marshall running back Devin Ashane. Bottom quarterback Tyler Rodriguez. Lavernia quarterback uh, Clayton Chadwick. South Oak Cliff defensive end Stephen Parker. Lubbock Trinity Christian wide receiver Daniel Wheeler. West Sabine quarterback and defensive back Dalion Smith. Longview quarterback Haynes King. Rio Hondo quarterback Josiah Ortega. Andrews defensive end slash linebacker Jacob Metchler. And Rivercrest quarterback Devin Womack. Vote early. Vote often. Vote now at TexasFootball.com. You want to go fetch uh, Shehan? Bye. I will go get our college football expert. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Ishmael Johnson. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that was a very nonchalant way of doing that. I, yeah, Greg didn't know that we had already planned on him walking out after this anyway while you did the promo. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You don't Just tell me anything. Producing on the fly. You it's all right. Me. I have these headphones on, but it's not like it's not like uh, when you're on TV. I yeah, like I can't just talk to you. Yeah. And it's like you'd yeah. be like, hey, okay, we're going to yeah. go to this now. Yeah. Instead, it's just like, guys, what you see is what you get with this show. Yeah. I have one more read. <laughs> <laughs> show's really going great, guys. Um, Dave Campbell's Texas Football in partnership with the U.S. Army is proud to honor one school from each public school classification with the Army Value School of the Week Award. Schools selected throughout the course of this program have best exemplified the seven Army values. Loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. The Week 4 Army Value Schools of the Week. In 6A, Killeen, backed by a dominant rushing attack anchored by Kadarius Marshall's 198 yards and three total scores. The Kangaroos hopped all over Copper's Cove in a critical district matchup, 48-14. In 5A, Burleson, the Elks are 4-0 on the season and, more importantly, 2-0 in district play after a 24-0 win over Joshua, holding the Owls to 149 yards in their second shutout of the year. In 4A, Lavernia, the Bears rallied from a 14-0 first-quarter deficit to force overtime and stopped a would-be game-winning two-point conversion from the land passes to move to 4-0 with a thrilling 51-50 win. In 3A, Ganado, riding a dominant defensive effort, the Indians took down previously unbeaten Palacios for an impressive 14-12 win. In 2A, Seymour, one of the strangest games of the year, Seymour's defense stood on his head and the offense did what it needed to in overtime for a thrilling 6-0 victory over Winthorpe in the extra in extra time. And in 1A, Motley County, the Matadors rebounded from a tough loss to Spur last week to take down previously unbeaten what? Nothing. To take down previously unbeaten Kroll 101 to 78 on the road. So those are your week four Army Value Schools of the Week. In 6A, Killeen. In 5A, Burleson. In 4A, Lavernia. In 3A, Ganado. In 2A, Seymour. And in 1A, Motley County. Congratulations to all the schools. We salute you. For more information, visit texasfootball.com slash school of the week. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on texasfootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course see us at texasfootball.com. Texasfootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Texasfootball.com is also where you can find the fine work of Shehan Jayaraja, our college football insider. He joins me now for a college football Power Bowl. How was your weekend, Shehan? It was great. It was great, yeah. Huge game. Texas versus TC. We'll obviously talk about that a little bit You were later. down in Austin. Yes, I was. I was. So, big weekend. A uh, couple exciting games, actually. Yeah, you, you on, on the Republic of Football, your uh, college football podcast here from Dave Campbell's Texas Football, the Republic of Football. Subscribe to it on the podcast. Vendor, of course. <laughs> You um, said that this was maybe like the, I don't remember what word you used off the top, but you, you said it was like the, it wasn't the craziest, but it was like the biggest week of college football. I think we learned the most this yeah. week about everyone because, you know, some of these real matchups are starting to start. Teams are maybe starting to play teams that 
are at their level. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what do we learn about you to say losing to Arizona State? Yeah, but, and what do we learn about like Houston beating Texas Southern? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean that happens, but <laughs> but Just undercutting your whole point. Wow, <laughs> wow, that's true. There was an FCS was, game. No, no, no. But wow. no, but your point is well taken. Like right, like like Rice playing Prairie View A and M. Like we just can't really right. take a whole lot from it. But we right. did. You're right. Now that we're kind of getting into conference play. Yeah, I mean Big Twelve conference play started. Uh, you know, Conference USA conference play is coming right around the corner. Mm-hmm. But a couple of those teams played against opponents that are. Again, at their level. Yeah. Um, I think that we learned some things about a bunch of teams this weekend, and uh, can't wait to get started. Let's rank them. It's the College Football Power Poll with our College Football Insider, Shehan Chiraja. And at number 12, Shehan, a big change. UTEP. UTEP. I, I told you not to bet on them. Yeah, I know. I, I told you. But here's – well, here's the thing, honestly, is that it's just about – like, I thought they were at home. Right. New Mexico State's awful. Very bad. I think I just underst- understated how bad UTEP is. Yeah. Uh, and and look, they made two kind of critical mistakes down the stretch. Um, you know, I think that they had a, a fumble that was returned for a touchdown for a scoop and score. Uh, and then they might have had a pick six, too. Mm-hmm. So they, they had two pretty critical mistakes that ended up basically... Again, it was a one-score game. It was 27-20. They had every chance to win this football game, but they didn't. You know, it's funny. Like, they, they very clearly are starting to find an identity offensively. Yeah. They ran the ball. Q Wadley and Kyle Oxley combined yeah. for 47 carries. Yeah. That's insane. Right. But it just, you know, they just, like, the defense just isn't very good. And right. I think they're just frankly under-talented. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is a talent issue at this point. Um you know, obviously, mm-hmm. Sean Coogler didn't leave a whole lot behind when no. he left. Uh, you know, and, and I think you're right. At least they're tr- starting to find something that, hey, you know, maybe we can run the ball with some consistency. But that's yeah. it. That's the only thing that they can do at even an average level. UTEP's number 12. Number 11 on the list is... Uh, Texas State. This was disappointing. Yeah. Texas State came really close to winning the football game on Saturday against UTSA, and that would have been a big win for them. It would have been their first win mm-hmm. against an FBS team this season. And again, I mean, with Texas State right now, they don't have a whole ton of opportunities to, to beat uh, FBS opponents. Yeah. This would have been a big opportunity for them, but uh, but I'll tell you what, they had an opportunity. They had the ball with about two minutes left. Yeah, they came into safety. And yeah, I mean that's that's <laughs> the, that's the thing. It's just like. You talk about shooting yourself in the foot. Right. It's like they were have, down two points. Yeah. They just needed a field, needed goal. field goal. You're in it, uh, and they can't come through. Like that's it's. Right. It's not like this is a different. Uh, this is very clearly a more talented team than like the team that Everett sure. Withers inherited. Sure. But at the same time, I also feel like they, like learning how to finish games is one of the last things you learn. Right. And they are, they are not there. No. No. Well, and. Again, you know, Willie Jones goes out in the first drive mm-hmm. of the game, or, or second drive technically of the game, I think. Um, Tyler Vitt looks pretty good. He looked okay. Yeah, you know, he, he looked like a competent quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, I mean, it's just these mistakes. Again, they have a safety. I believe that Willie Jones also had a fumble on the first mm-hmm. drive of the game. I mean, they're just, it's shooting themselves in the foot. With UTEP and Texas State, it's they're making these mistakes, and other teams are beating them. Here's the other it's, thing. Here's the other thing. Right. 25 carries, 26 yards. Yeah, Yowza. The yeah. offensive line, just, it's bad. And, and UTSA is a good defense. Yeah, I, I want to give them some credit, but still, but it's, it's, it's bad. <laughs> not like that. No, not, not like, like that. that. Number, their number 11, number 10 on your list is... Rice. Rice. Yeah, so yeah. Rice was actually in this well, game. We, yeah, we shot our shot. And it, <laughs> it, 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 Rice it was very much in this yeah. football game um, down the stretch, but then... Their pass defense was not very good. I believe that Southern Miss's quarterback had like 400 passing yards. 428 and 4. Yeah. So, I mean, they just couldn't get enough stops. Um, but again, Southern Miss needed the second half to pull away. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and again, they, they won by 18, and, and the, the line that we picked against was 14. So we weren't that far off. But Yeah, but I was also <laughs> saying maybe they went out right. I, I picked them to win the football game. Yeah, but, so. you know, I mean, again, Rice is young. Rice, is, it's really early in their tenure, so yeah. they're just not ready yet. Um, it's disappointing. I, I felt like they had a better shot than that. But, um, right, you know, right. they're, they're getting there. there. There are other games they should win on the on the horizon. Right. Um, number nine on your list is... UTSA. This was a must-win game for them, right? Like, oh, if, they, if they drop this game, like, thing, like the seat for Frank Wilson gets super hot. Real hot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again... Like we were talking about with, with really all the teams that we've already talked about, there's not a whole lot of FBS wins on the schedule that you can point to. No. Um, so, you know, they take care of business somewhat <laughs> against Texas State. Again, they need a late safety to really put the game away. They really almost give Texas State an opportunity to win in their own house. Now, it is a rivalry game. I mean, these fan bases yeah. don't like each other. For and, sure. Right. And so, 
you know, I think you sometimes throw out a little bit uh, the records when when two teams play like that. But here's the problem: the yeah. problem the problem continues to be, and it's going to be a big problem for UTSA is that this offense right. is just they can't throw the ball at inept. All. They can't at all. Cor- Cordell Grundy, yeah. is just like I I don't. They must just must not have another option. No, they because don't. at this point, I just don't think you can put right. him back out there and expect to win a game. Right. Right, and, and, and they're not the, running the ball to the, to the. They're they're running the ball okay, but they're not yeah. running the ball to the point where you say, "Oh, well, they're like, right, you know. right." You can't build an entire offense around this run game. Yeah, let's put it this way: they averaged three point five yards per play last against Texas State. Against Texas State, that's per play per play. Oh god, three point five yards <laughs> per play. That is not very good. No. Um, all right, so they are number nine. We're getting into better football now. Yes. Let's talk about a, a team that got a big win. Yeah. Number eight. Yeah. SMU. Pony up! <laughs> you know, it is kind of funny because I do f- sort of feel like these teams are sort of separating into tiers, right? Where there's that bottom four, and then SMU is squarely number eight, and then there's everybody else. Yeah, they're kind of in a tier by themselves. Right. Although, like, they're clearly not as terrible as they looked <laughs> right. in, like, week one right. or week... Well, the first three weeks, basically. Right, right, right. They're clearly better than that. But like they're they're not like I don't see them making a leap into that big middle. Like, no, they just no. they're like, they're like the eighth best team in the in the state. We could stop right. ranking them. Right, <laughs> right, right. And, and and the bottom four will change. SMU is probably going to stay at number eight. Mm-hmm. Um, they really needed this win. Uh, they they play against Navy. They beat them in overtime. They it should not have gone to overtime. They made some terrible mistakes down the stretch. Obviously capitalized by a blocked extra point that was returned for a two point conversion. If they hit that extra point, just an extra point, no, nothing yeah. crazy. If they hit that extra point, then it's a two-possession game. This game never goes to overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, they managed to pull it out. Now, some real weirdness. They decided to put Ben Hicks into the game just in overtime. They start the freshman William Brown. Um, I don't know what you're trying to do there. He must have been. He had to have been banged up then. He, they, so Sonny Dyke said he was a little banged up, but it didn't sound like it was bad enough that he, that he couldn't have gone back in the football game. Because then right after that, he said, well, we needed to throw the ball because we felt like uh, like Braden West was kind of tapped out um, and that we wouldn't be able to run the ball. I, <laughs> if you don't trust your quarterback to throw the ball, then I don't know why you're starting him. Yeah, I mean, that's that's <laughs> that's the thing. Is that like if you're just like putting in William Brown because he looked really good against Michigan, right? then like like you don't have a quarterback then. Right. What you're saying is you don't have a quarterback. Right. Um, right. That said, like that sounds like we're crapping on SMU. That's a great win. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's, I mean, again, Navy's not great this year, no. but but do you know the last time that SMU beat Navy? I don't. Just take a guess. Mm, 2017. 1998. Wow. Yeah, it's okay. been a while. And now they haven't been playing each other super consistently, but, but 1998. Still, yeah, yeah, I mean, they've been in the same conference for right. a little bit. That's, right. That's impressive. Yeah, so, that's so a nice win. whatever you want to say, it's a nice win. It was a good performance by their defense. They kind of held things under control. By the way, this is not part of, of this uh, thing, but I just want to point out that um, on free money <laughs> last week, I told you that Army was going to cover against going, Oklahoma. Yeah. And uh, they did, and they darn near beat the Sooners, which they're, like, I mean, Army's very clearly America's team. They almost beat Oklahoma, which even Max would have said, like, yep, I'm on board with Army for that, correct? Go Navy, beat Army. (laughs) What's wrong with you? Army's going to wipe the floor with them. That'd be great. Um, I'll claim Air Force. Someone, yeah. Got, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Air Force. I, really, all I'm really doing here is like someone's got to root for Navy and someone's got to root for Air Force in this office. We'll we'll, we'll carry those flags. <laughs> that's, that's fine. True. Number seven on the power pole, Shahandra. Uh, the Baylor Bears. The Baylor Bears. Yep. They moved to three and one. They go up twenty three to zero at the half against Kansas. Uh, just kind of stopped playing football. Boy, they really did. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't want to like poo-poo a conference win yeah but like they were they were cruising and i'm thinking i'm saying wow this is like finally they're gonna right, be a big right dominant win that they've never had under matt rule yeah well last win. year against kansas last year against kansas. <laughs> they're gonna go and they're gonna win this game like 45 7 everything's right. gonna look great and right. it's gonna be all sunshine daffodils right and now i'm left to wonder like all right like did like did David Beatty, like, figure something out at halftime? So, so here's what happened. Here's exactly what happened. Left guard uh, Xavier Newman went out. Mm-hmm. And after that, they kept shuffling in, like, four or five guys on the offensive line on the left side. And none of them played very well. Mm-hmm. So they, they were rotating in, like, Connor Galvin, uh, Jake Frew Morgan. Giancarlo Valentine looked very bad. He's still coming back from an injury. Uh, 
they just didn't have a guy to replace him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Josh Malin could be back this week, the the starting left tackle from, from week one. Uh, it sounds like Newman's going to be out a little while. They're still doing tests, but it could be a broken ankle. Um, so, again, that, that's the issue right now is that they don't have any depth on the offensive line. Yeah. And now, next week, now granted this team didn't play particularly well on defense, but they're about to go play Oklahoma and Norman. Yeah. And obviously last year Baylor did some nice things against Oklahoma, nearly went, won the dang football game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, they got to get a guy to step up there. Because, again, if Malin comes back, you feel okay about that. Uh, here's but, here's a very yeah. here's a you're exactly right. Here's a very positive thing I'll say about Baylor. Yeah, is Puka Williams had come in yes. just torching people. Yes, and basically he had one very well like a seventy yard run, seventy two yard run, seventy two yard run, and other than thirteen for seventeen. Exactly right. Yeah, that is for for a team like. We had, we had identified the rush defense as a big problem for Baylor. Right. It looked a lot better. The entire defense looked really, yeah. really good. They had nine tackles for loss, I believe, four sacks. Uh, they were really disruptive, which mm-hmm. was something that you hadn't said about them against anybody. Yes. You know, yeah. And granted, it's against Kansas. Kansas is a very inconsistent offensive line. But they've run the ball very well so far this season. Um, and, and again, even against UTSA, Baylor didn't really yeah. get much of a pass rush. Uh, again, we'll see whether it can maintain. But look, the other thing is, too, Whatever you want to say about Baylor's offense completely contracting in the second half, I mean, other than that 72-yard run, which set up a touchdown, mm-hmm. Baylor's defense was lights out the entire day. Yeah. Uh, the way I would characterize that is mostly encouraging. Yes. Like, everything you saw was yep. mostly encouraging. Yeah. So, again, it, it's going to be, can they find a guy who can fit into that left guard role? Because Charlie Brewer, and look, <laughs> the last thing we'll say, they finally decided that Charlie Brewer is just the guy. He's got to be. Yeah. They they didn't do the whole rotating quarterbacks thing. McClendon came in at the very end of the game when the game was already yeah. in hand, but Brewer's the guy. That's uh, where it's Shihan J. Raja. We're going through the college football power poll, ranking the 12 FPS teams here on Texas Football Today. Get involved the conversation. Hashtag TF Today. Number six is? The Houston Cougars. The Cougs. Yeah. Um, yeah not a whole <laughs> lot to say. I mean, you. it was a get-right game, and they got right. They got right. 70 points. 70 to 14. Yeah. Um, they they treated him. Oh, did Trendavion Diggs have a touchdown catch? Uh, he didn't. I, he I didn't play. any stats. I don't know if he He didn't played. play, or at least he didn't have a catch. Yeah, yeah. Oh no! Believe it or not, I did not watch that game. Oh no way! You're <laughs> kidding me. Yeah, it was. Uh, they they got Clayton Tune in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, everything clicked. They rang up like 600 yards of total offense. Right. There's not a whole lot to say. No, no, we we didn't learn anything. No, we learned nothing. And next week they get um, Tulsa, and they should be favored in that one. Although you know, the, the, Tulsa's not good. Tulsa's not very good. No, no, they'll, um, they'll kill Tulsa. Well, yeah, but then again, well, they, they also should. beat Texas. But you know, you know <laughs> number five they, on the power they pole. They beat Texas. It just feels like they yeah. beat. Texas. That's right. They almost. I said they almost beat. <laughs> yeah. <Okay>. Number five <laughs> is Texas A and M. This is hard. It's it, this is this is weird because they're two and two, right? And so as a result, like you have to treat them as a two and two team. Yeah. But they've also literally lost to the two best teams in the country. Yeah. Number one and number two, and and, and look, or at least two of the top three, depending on what they will have to. Four numbers two through five are really close together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is yeah. Texas A and M better than some of the teams ahead of this? Maybe, but like I will say this: yeah. I watched about seventy percent of this game against yeah. Alabama. Yeah, until the game just got kind of out of hand. Right. I I think I would have liked to see A and M look better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that they looked really good in the first quarter. Yes, and then after that, it just kind of got ugly. And I mean, again, they're on the road against the best team in America, a team that's killing everybody, a team that is. A merciless killing machine. Right, right. I mean, this, this. Uh, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to speak too much out of line, but like, this is one of the better Bama teams that we've seen. I think they're out of control, dude. Yeah, they're yeah. so good at everything. <laughs> right. But I, the only thing is that, like, I felt like the A and M, like the A and M defense, got torched. 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 Um, they the, played all right against the run. The offense was meandering yeah like it just it did it never felt like they were going to threaten like basically if it wasn't for kellen mond running the ball right and and that's a dimension to their game that i was hoping we'd see a little more of against better teams Mm -hmm. so he's proven that he can do that and that it will work even against the best teams in the country yeah and and the thing is too now i mean whatever you want to say they've played the hard part of their schedule yeah i mean that's that's the thing now look the schedule doesn't you know it doesn't get easy because you play in the sec west but look arkansas this week (laughs) <laughs> Better beat them, right? right? <laughs> Better beat them. <laughs> Kentucky suddenly doesn't look like a pushover. No, 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 no. That's a tough game. 
South Carolina, I would say now my opinion on the South Carolina game and the Kentucky game is maybe flipped. Right. That, like, I thought South Carolina was going to be better. I thought Kentucky would be worse. They're at Mississippi State, which is not fun. No. Uh, they're at Auburn, which is decidedly <laughs> not fun. No. Ole Miss is a weird team, yeah. but they should beat they should at home. Beat them. They should beat them. UAB and then LSU, who looks amazing. So and they haven't beat. And, yeah, and they haven't beat. So you're right. They're decidedly past the tough part, and they're kind of exactly where they th- we thought they'd be after right. four weeks. Now we're going to see what kind of what. Now the season kind of actually starts. Right. right. And, and the thing is, again, you're right. The season does kind of actually start. Because look, the reality was. They nearly beat Clemson, but they were always going to go two and two through the mm-hmm. stretch. Yes, uh, and so now even the tough games on their schedule, and I think everybody realizes that this is a somewhat rebuilding year as they sort of institute their system. Mm-hmm. Now maybe the Clemson game will give a little bit of unfair expectations, yeah. but you know you play you go on the road and play Auburn, but Auburn's a winnable game. You go on the road and play Mississippi State. That's a winnable game. I'll say that, yeah, I think you're right. I think that there are games that before the season we would have said are out of reach. Right. That are, you're underdogs. Right. But it's not outside the realm of possibility. Right, right. And again, if you pull off one of them, yeah. you know, then, then that's huge. And and again, as opposed to playing the number one and number two teams in the country where it's like, you are going two and two. It's maybe they win one or two of yeah. them. It'll and, be interesting. You know, that's something. They're, they're number five in the power pool. Number four is... Uh, TCU. I, I don't know what to think about TCU right now. Because I was very impressed with the way that they played against Ohio State last week. But offensively, I mean... Here's the stat. Sean Robinson, through two games against, you know, the last two weeks against FBS Power 5 opponents, has a combined six turnovers. <laughs> six. Oh, and the thing is, that's kind of that was kind of the book on him. Yeah. Uh, was... Toolsy as all get out has all these can can do so many amazing things, but can be careless with the football. Yeah, and it seems like that's kind of rearing its ugly head in a very bad moment. There was an interception yeah. he threw oh, to Brandon Jones. That's the one. Yeah. Oh my oh, gosh. gosh, that was awful. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. Like you know, I I also don't think like I I think the offense kind of set up the defense for failure. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. That I'm not ready. I'm not selling my TC no, defensive no, 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 stock. No no, 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 for sure. But I will say that this was, I think, a, a pretty disappointing loss for the well, uh, for for them. And the reality is, they're not going to play too many teams that can completely eliminate their run game up yeah. the middle, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I actually was a little surprised and a little disappointed that they didn't start trying to do some designed runs earlier with John Robinson, uh, because that feels like the one thing where they can win consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were a little hesitant to go to it. And again, I mean, oh gosh, you really got the full Sean Robinson display these last two weeks, yeah. right? Some of the most incredible passes against Ohio State that we've seen. I mean, just some of the best. Um, but then followed up with, again, three turnovers in each game. I think a fumble in each mm-hmm. game as well. Uh, just critical, critical mistakes. Obviously against Ohio State, his mistakes directly lead to two touchdowns. I, I, it reminds me a lot. And there's a much higher upside and much lower downside of like the whole Kenny, Kenny Hill experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you don't know what you're going to get. And, no, and the really thing don't. is, heading into the season, I was like, you know, I like their defense at all three levels. I, I liked it better when they had Ross Blacklock, but still, at all mm-hmm. three levels. I like their running game. Their offensive line has been good enough. Receivers have been – got Jalen Rager, yeah. who's looking Very like a star. Good. And then I look at Kenny – or <laughs> I look <laughs> at Sean Robinson, and I'm like, what? What are you? What are you? Yeah. And, and the reality is, again, they've played – Two pretty tough games. I mean, Texas is rolling right now. We'll get to them in a minute. Uh, you know, Ohio State's a really, really good football team. But the reality is, if, if Sean Robinson's going to lose you football games, all of a sudden, this doesn't look as much like a 10-win team. No, it doesn't. Uh, disappointing for TCU. They're number four. Number three! Not disappointing. Texas Tech. The most complete game of the Cliff Kingsbury era? Yeah, yeah. And I, mean, I, I, I wrote, actually, I think this is the most complete team that he's got. It, look, look. They looked complete yeah. going to Stillwater, a team that had just beat the brakes off of Boise, Boise State, yeah. to a place that, by the way, has been a nightmare for Tech. Okay, another question. Do you know who the quarterback was the last time that Texas Tech won in Stillwater? I, I do, but I'll let you <laughs> reveal it. Cliff Kingsbury. That's right, yeah. <laughs> I remember them, them talking that up at the end of that game. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been a house of horrors for them, but the defense made plays. Yeah. The offense was not intimidated going on the road. Alan Bowman looked like the truth. Like, they ran the ball really well. Demarcus Felton 
they didn't allow it to, any scores after 10 minutes left in the second quarter. They crushed them. Yeah. This was a dominant, dominant effort from right. Tech, the likes of which we have not seen. And, and the thing is, too, again, you go play in Stillwater. Because Oklahoma State's not incredible this year, but they're always dominant in Stillwater. 100%. Uh, and, and you mentioned it. It was all three phases of the game. It wasn't Alan Bowman going and throwing for 605 yards again. Now, he had a fantastic game. 397 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. It, and, you know, whatever. He's young. Two interceptions yeah. happen. And it's a good defense that he's playing against. But they were dominant on the ground, too. Uh, they had three running backs with at least 60 yards rushing. Uh, and, and none of them were to Leon Ward or Trey King. No. That's the other crazy thing. Um, defensively, like we mentioned, I mean, they go 40 minutes, don't allow a single score. They are a completely different uh, defense with Deshaun Johnson in the lineup. Yep. It's, it's not even close. And, I mean, you never want to overstate how much one player means to a defense. But when they have that protection back there... Yeah. Oh my god! Forced four turnovers too. Yeah, it was a really really yeah. nice day for for Tech. I, again, yeah. I like their ceilings gone up. They're a one hundred percent. I think that this was this was this was what we kind of thought this thing could be. Yeah. This is like even probably beyond those expectations. If, if Alan Bowman starts that game against Ole Miss, I mean, yeah, you never you know. know. Texas Tech's probably a top fifteen team right now. Number two. Texas Longhorns. My goodness! <laughs> my goodness! Look at. I, they've got two wins over ranked teams consecutively. Consecutively, right? Um, yeah, it's it's a uh, boy howdy. Uh, I mean this this is to me. I tweeted it. This is the first. Maybe I didn't tweet it. I don't know. <laughs> this is the first time I feel like they have an identity. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I know what Texas is. Right, and and Gary Patterson mentioned it after the game, but you know, TCU has won with the formula of working a beat the heck out of you on defense, and we're going to be good enough on offense. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, look, I, <laughs> I thought that their issue was going to be that they can't run the ball against TCU, and that generally held true. I mean, they only averaged like 2.5 yards of carry on the day, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, some due to, to sacks, but a lot due to quarterback runs, too. Um, so they, they were able to stop the run, but Sam Ellinger just played well enough and, mm-hmm. and brought enough pressure to the outside because TCU really did bring their safeties down a lot to try to stop the run. Um, and so you got a lot of single-man coverage on Lil' Jordan Humphrey, on Colin Johnson, and Ellinger threw the ball well enough to take advantage. That's, you, you said the exact phrase, well enough. Right. You have to get them in a situation where, where, well, where good enough is good enough. For, good enough from Sam Ellinger is good enough for Texas. Right. Because if, because if you expect him to put on the cape, it's not yep. going to happen. Yep. He's not Vince Young. Right. He's not Colt McCoy. He can't go out there and win the game single-handedly for you. The defense has to feed the offense, and they did it perfectly against CCU. And now they have to go to Manhattan and play and and go to their own personal horror factory. They've won there once, all time. Yep, all time. Yep. <laughs> and finally, the number one team in the college football power poll, Shayon Jaraja, is oh, it's got to be North Texas. The North Texas Mean Green, America's sweetheart. There is exactly one team in the state of Texas that's undefeated. They've won all of their games by multiple touchdowns. Their resume is perfect. I mean, it, it's perfect. There's, there's nothing that you can knock them for. I want to see if I can. Uh, they are, I believe they're 4-0 against the spread, too. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> they are a covering machine. Yeah. And I was nervous. We talked about it. Right. We were nervous that this was maybe a trap game because yeah. you've got Louisiana Tech next week uh, at home. You're coming off a huge win over Arkansas. Everybody's kissing your butt right. for an entire week. And, 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 man, they went out there and they took care of business. Yeah, you know, and to an extent, I mean, they, they go out there, score two quick touchdowns at the beginning and kind of just <laughs> stop. But funnily enough, they actually had a rain delay at halftime, and that kind of actually reinvigorated them. Well, and they, I'll tell you, the thing that's most encouraging about this for me, obviously the defense played, played well. They, this is definitely like a bend-don't-break defense. Yeah. They're, not, they're not the defense that's going to go out there and hold you to 100 total yards. Yeah. They're going to give up yards. But the thing that impressed me most, man, they ran the dang ball. Yeah, yeah, and, and that was a great running the ball. I, I think that Mason Fine had less than 200 passing yards. He threw 27 times. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> I would love to know that might be his career low in pat like for a start in for pass start, attempts. Yeah, no, part of it's it's raining and stuff, but at the same sure, time, sure. like Lauren Easley went nuts. Yeah, they were able to to do that. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, you know. I mean, the the reason that Mason Fine throws the ball so much, obviously, he's the best player on the field, but because they haven't been able to historically been a, uh, really push with their mm-hmm. offensive line create space and again i mean Lib- liberty's not a great team they're not a great defense but 
North Texas was able to go out there and win in a different way. And again, uh, what they, it was forty-seven-seven, right? Mm-hmm. So they only hold them held them to seven offensive points. Yeah. Uh, again, if if North Texas is going to be able to win games, even against teams that are worse than them, let's be clear. Yes. But against teams that are worse than them, and they won't play a whole lot of teams that are a ton better than Liberty. No. Um, but you know, if they're able to go out, go on the road, and beat teams with their running game and their defense. I mean, out. come on. Watch out, man. Come on. Watch out. So that's the college football power poll. Number 12, UTEP. Number 11, Texas State. Number 10, Rice. Number 9, UTSA. Number 8, SMU. Number 7, Baylor. Number 6, Houston. Number 5, Texas A&M. Number 4, TCU. Number 3, Texas Tech. Number 2, Texas. And number 1, North Texas. Direct your hate mail to at Shehan J. Raja. You going to try Twitter. to spell it again? Nope. Okay. Oh, do it. Come on. <laughs> and now we go to Max Thompson for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Oh, man. Doing my best. Um... So many comments. Uh, Corey Hogue is not happy with me for being a Navy man. Uh, this is a very Army-heavy show. Go Army, beat Navy. Yeah. Uh, but sorry, Corey. Someone's got to stand up for him. Hashtag Munkin uh, Hive. Corey also says to Shahan, we're talking about the real mer- military, not the Air Force. Uh, <laughs> whereas yeah, whereas maybe one up uh, in that comment was uh, Miziel, who said uh, the Space Force needs a football team too, guys. How, how did I think of that? Come you on. Take, you want to take Space Force? I, I, I've got okay. Space Force. He's taking for Space sure, Force. For sure. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys. Um, there were some good ones, but you got to give me a second to go through all these because the, the comment section, again, is a, uh, is a, big, a big mess. Um, surprise, surprise. I know, right? Uh, By the way, I went six and four on free money. No one cares. No one cares. Uh, are you counting Houston? Of course I am. Oh, come on. Okay, then fine. I went six and four too. Then. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, actually, I'm just going to go back to Mizael, who had a great comment too. Uh, after you said that you drove into the to to the water like uh, Michael Scott, like he Mike. he just said, "Where are the turtles?" Which is my man, my man. Yes. Where are the turtles? One guy who did not get a shout-out on this show that I think deserves it. I don't remember the kid's name. We did not talk about the Giddings kicker who sat yes! iced oh. in the locker room for like an hour of weather delays. Super walked, helmet sticker for him. Walked Cameron, out. Cameron Yo and Giddings. There's yeah. three seconds left. Giddings is lining up. I don't know if you heard this. Uh, Giddings is lining I up did, for a yeah. game-winning field goal. Three seconds left. They're getting ready to snap it. Lightning strikes. They have to clear the clear the field for at least thirty minutes. It might have been an hour. Yeah, it was it was close to an hour. It was close to yeah. an hour. He comes back through, bangs it through. Oh, that man. is guts. God tried to ice him, and he said <laughs> no. No, that's gonna do it for us. Yeah. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com/slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TextFootball.com. For Max Thompson, Ishmael Johnson, and Shayhan J. Reja, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please get your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.